Say that the podcast for your big questions, get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago, and joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. I'm also here in the city of Chicago. That's exactly what I said. Okay. Also joining us, Jed Brewer. Here. Fair enough. I'll allow it. Also joining us, Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. He's not just the president; he's also a client. <laughs> Did you just accuse Glenn of some kind of? Legal malfeasance? You'll just have to think that through for yourself, Matt. I don't think that can lead to anything good. Also joining us all the way from one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. I will soon be in Chicago. Does that count? You bet. Come on in and experience the unbelievably ridiculous weather. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, it's the entire month of June. It's been 60 degrees and raining during the day and at night, 50s, you know. Well, no, it's either been 60 degrees and raining or 45 degrees and sunny. Yeah. Because <laughs> right, you can't have both because yeah. you know what you did. Yeah. 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 We have a user-generated emergency. Uh-oh. Whoa. Wait, is this Wait. a real emergency? <laughs> and are they allowed to do that? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about Robert's rules of orders. And, well, we, uh, this one comes in um, from multiple sources. Okay. All who are to be believed. We have a super new super fan, Emily Murray, down there where Lee is. Oh. And then we have an emeritus member of the Mission USA team, our own intern Grace. Intern Hold Grace. on, before you go Woo! on, we have to point out that uh, super fan Emily actually listened to the entirety, the entire catalog of Say That in reverse. Oh, it's not. And it's every not now a good and then, every now and then, you would just get a mess. I would just get a message of some you know great joke or something and then it was hashtag say that backwards which i you know maybe more people should try it absolutely people should not try that maybe it'll make more sense do you want to be disappointed with quality as things go on i heard that if you play say that backwards they have all kinds of messages built in (laughs) awesome back masking podcast could there be worse messages than in the forward version (laughs) (laughs) i think we're pretty on front street with our back masking so we had user. This is both like missingly masking and intern Grace sent in both an emergency, a news story, and a bit of an accusation. Okay, wow. Whoa. I'm going to read the emergency news story, and I think the accusation will present itself. <laughs> this comes from the headline Grace sent us is from NBC Chicago, NBC okay. Five. Six arrested after heckling Joel Osteen during sermon. <laughs> what? Wow. This was uh, last hey, Matt, week, Matt, a couple read Sundays this, ago. Read this, read this in your surprised voice so they don't know. I don't have a surprised voice. <laughs> if I could act, I wouldn't be here with you, monkeys. I'd be on one of the good podcasts where it's a fake wow. news show about stuff that happens in a weird desert town. I never understood the Night Vale thing, but... Six arrested after heckling Joel Osteen during sermon. Six people have been arrested after heckling Joel Osteen during his sermon at a Texas church. Houston police said each of them were escorted out of Lakewood Church Sunday morning after yelling, according to ABC affiliate KPRC in Houston. Wow. So uh, who's got an alibi? Do, do we know what they were yelling? I believe this is I had to look at a different story. Oh, man, there are v- people put up vines of it, but I can't think of way to put that podcast. Apparently, these six people from some other church stood up in court in different times and yelled, Joel Osteen, you are a liar. Wow, it's pretty creative. Um, yeah, that's pretty hardcore. Did they mention anything in particular? Apparently not. Look, I, I think, let's start here. The Say That Guide for when you're heckling a mega church pastor. Right. These- <laughs> Be specific. Sure. Yeah, I think if anything absolves us, because um, between uh, Miss Grace, our friend Alexander Webb, um, some other people on Facebook, a lot of accusations getting thrown around. Yeah. That's who right. were these six may people? Have sown these seeds of dissent. But I think if anything, if there's anything that clears our name, Glenn has brought it up, we would at least be more creative than that. That's right. Uh, uh, you, know, you say, would we send in a bunch of patsies to do our work? For us? Well, yes, I'm sure. Totally. Sure, we'd do that. That's okay. just organized crime 101. You don't do it yourself. Please. That's right. 
But, uh, you know, I, I, th- I think, if anything, this podcast tries to, to set a clear example of having a clear and concise message that people can understand and it's well explained. So, for example... What would that message be? Because I don't know what it is. <laughs> if these hecklers had stood up and yelled, Joel Osteen... You are the overlord of an army of time-traveling cyborg warriors. Admit right. it. Admit it. Admit it. At long last, sir. Not only Admit would it. that be easy to pin to us, that would be a much better headline. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Okay. That one, the news would have run with that one. You, you know, bet you. I'd like to think that if you're Joel Osteen and someone stands up and shouts out, you say, tell me more. Yeah, I'm, right. yeah, I'm intrigued. Come That's on right. more. That's right. Come on up. Let's, we're doing this now. <laughs> yeah. Stand yeah. up at Joel Osteen. Why do you break podcast hosting equipment occasionally in Chicago? I, although, I, I don't know, but I'm intrigued. Tell me more. Or could it be that like they stand up and make that accusation and then just somebody like just there's people in the congregation that are just plants and they just stand up and tase them immediately? Yeah. yeah. From reading the story, that's not that far from what happened. Apparently, um, <laughs> Lakewood Church, whatever their budget is, security is not an insignificant part. Also, you know, we I don't know if people looked this up, and all these mega churches is this way, but especially at the one Joel listens at, the sheer number of people. Yeah. You know these people didn't get the good seats. Right. So you're just standing up yelling, and only like the people in your section. It's like standing up and yelling at a college basketball game. Right. Right. Well, and uh, one of our uh, eagle-eyed super fans, mm-hmm. brother Tim Waddell, broke down the real truth. Yeah. Behind all this. Okay. Okay. Here's what happened: is it's a setup, y'all. Okay. It's a fix is in. Okay. Now everybody out there that knows anything. About Christianity, yeah, knows we got a beef with Joel Osteen. Absolutely, no I mean it's deep, yep. it's rough, it's one sided. He has no idea about it, but it <laughs> is, but beef is rooted on. entirely beef is in on. jealousy yeah. for podcast numbers because we don't really know anything about him other than number one Christian podcast, and now that he's been heckled and impressive teeth. That's true. Okay, it, it, can they be real? Probably not. Okay. So, but they're spectacular, you know. <laughs> well played. Well Thank played. you. I'm not saying deal with the devil. So, if you're sure. saying deal with the devil, and that's how you got those teeth, then that's on you. Sure. I'm not saying that. Here's what I am saying: is he clearly worst has, Faust ever? <laughs> he 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 clearly knows. In the future, we become the number one podcast because that's just that's just uh, it's we're, just obvious. We're dude. going that direction. Yeah, we're we're on the upswing. You yeah, follow? we're the future. Absolutely. So I'm saying we are. You know, whatever. That's what I keep telling them. Be cool. If Glenn ever asks you that we're surely going to become the number one podcast, just help me out, people. Just be cool. So here's what happens is we knock him off the throne. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. And we, then we're calling shots. Right. We're, yeah. we're, we're the, Maybe we get heckled. Uh, that's just what we have to deal I'm with. I'm sorry. Are you acting like Glenn and I and you have not been heckled? Well, we definitely, definitely <laughs> have. It's a little more good natured. But, I don't understand. Give another example. Yeah, we, that's from our own people, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They like but, us. Yeah, but here's what I'm trying to tell you, okay? We we rise up in the future, that, sure. which is obvious. Clearly. We, the, okay. But what happens is Joel Osteen, he gets knocked off that perch. Sure. See what I'm saying? So he has to do something. Sure. Well, time-traveling cyborgs. Back in the time, he sends them back to take us out in, in the right now. Right. Right now, time frame. Right. We're fighting cyborgs left, right, and center. You don't even know. You don't even know. No, I mean, but seriously, though, you actually don't. You don't know. Right, they don't know. But what we're dealing with here, as broken down by superfan Brother Tim Waddell. And I will say the only superfan in our corner, because everybody else had pointed this out, had the finger of accusation come with it. Okay. Brother T-Wads. No. (laughs) Nope. Deli T? No. (laughs) T-Bone. Okay, that's fine. Why no T-Bone? Okay. Coco the monkey. (laughs) Sorry, folks. Seinfeld just got put up on Hulu. You don't want to be in this crew and just have a name like Tim. That's just not going to work. Okay, so what happens is he breaks it down. Here's what it is. The man has his own cyborgs. Okay. Stand up in church. Okay. Yell. You're saying false flag attack. This wow. is what I'm saying. We're going full Alex Jones on this thing. Yeah. And then everybody points their finger at us. Yep. Fifth cyborg column. Taking us out now when we didn't do anything, making us look bad. 
so that's what it is is it's like uh they they're they're putting us on front street see that makes you just blew my mind man right just that's how that's how it works yeah wow so we're we're fighting that right now yeah we're dealing with that accusations there's a lot going on here people well and and you know what we need to do jed is to figure out how are we gonna how are we gonna handle it well, I think that's one thing we could do. I think the more fun thing to do yeah. would be to brainstorm how we would heckle various megachurch pastors and Christian celebrities if we were to do so. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, so I think we we covered Joe Osteen, teeth, cyborgs, you know. Sure. As long as you got those key elements. It's hard to come up with a quality, you know, substantive quality uh, uh, concern that you yell in right. a fairly short form kind of way. Because yeah, it's got to be a, like a sound bite, right? Well, I think right. we start with the information we would want it to contain. Then we can work on polish and editing kind of later on. How many actual people bought your last book instead of how many copies you have? That's good. I like yeah. that. I like sure. that. That's hard to... It's, it's a little bit uh, verbose. Sure. Know. I think it's a bit uh, loquacious. Indeed. It, it is, is well, if anything, uh, uh, effusive. Well, when you Quite. go to a certain stripe of your, your mega churches with dudes, you stand up and say, your T-shirt's not as sparkly as it could be. And that is certainly true. And yes. it is a pr- apparently a pretty harsh accusation in that world, because those guys are in an arms race. <laughs> right. <laughs> How much of the church budget is spent on hair product for the staff members? Right. That's good. You know, it's, uh, you know... Uh, your lighting rig is second rate. Well, this is uh, this is a real thing. Um, uh, uh, it goes back years to make church that we were working with, and uh, the lead pastor flew into a bit of a rage because the drum set on stage was off center. That's a real thing that actually were, were happened. The drums being played at the time, or just during the service, it just wasn't perfectly centered on stage. Is there some rule that the drums have to be perfectly centered? That That's in the of? Psalms, man. It's in the Psalms, Matt. Some of us Drums. respect the authority of the word on this podcast. <laughs> so you you would yell, your drums are off center, man. Nice asymmetry, jerk. <laughs> yeah, I think that would work. Yeah. That person yeah. on staff whose full-time job is set design really <laughs> dropped the ball. You, let me tell you what. You tell somebody something like that, it gets in their head. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It'll They're trying to you. deal with that. It's the eating them up aside. Give yeah. it time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> You Good know luck what? Instagramming this service, man. You know it is asymmetrical. Yeah, and like, what? Am, what are we going to do now? You yeah, know? it's like you got you know, like let's say you have a ginger-haired guy playing guitar on one side, right? You got to have like another ginger on the other side, right? And maybe he's playing bass or something, right? But you can't have just one ginger. Sure, I'm, afra- the- I'm afraid Glenn is now preaching racial intolerance. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have. I'm clearly saying. You must have. You're, you're you're calling for some all, kind of ginger quota. I'm, is what I'm you're cl- doing. I'm clearly saying all gingers must come in pairs. Okay. <laughs> uh, so affirmative ginger action. That's so right. It, <laughs> there's like the token ginger on your worship team. Is that what you're saying? Well, what I'm trying to say is you can't have just one ginger. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm, it's two gingers or no gingers. That's just. Well, Simple. Glenn I'm said, talking basic math there. Glenn said something earlier I want to get to, and I also want him to stop talking about ginger, so I'm going to change the subject. Right. But I like the idea of things that would eat at them. Eat, eat at them. Right, so right. I think as we pointed out, the standing up and yelling, it's a giant room. You know, it's very loud. That's not going to be that effective. Right. I'm talking about not that any of these dudes would ever like hang out and shake hands with the plebs after the service, because that's right. not really their deal. You know, they're... Right. they're they're on to the next thing, but let's just say they did, or you had them at a book signing or whatever, or you paid $150 at a conference to get a picture taken at them, which is a real thing. You can do at a local Chicago megachurch with a very famous Christian author. You can get the super con- conference package, which includes a photo op. Yeah. You'd be uh, right there with them. Yeah. But let's say you had sad. that. It's so sad. But you had it with this dude. I'm just thinking like, you know, you get the you get the Michael Corleone moment where it's the handshake and you lean in. And I'm just thinking, what's that thing you whisper that just eats at his brain? There you go. Here's what I'm thinking. Your growth consultants lied to you. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I like it. Well Your financial plan is flawed. 
Sometimes I think the biggest plants you can do are the are the nonverbal ones. Okay. I'm picturing Glenn showing up to Saddleback with Rick Warren front row with a more impressive Hawaiian shirt. Right. You're Rick saying Glenn has. shows up and out casuals him. This is what I'm talking about. Crossfire casualization. I love it. I yes. love it. <laughs> or Ultimately, same idea, just different application. You go to the latest hip trend, you know, the Manhattan thing of, of whatever, and you go in with a girdle strength type t-shirt. Sure. And the puka shell necklace such that you can no longer see your neck. Right. Okay. Just, just, just solid puka. Exactly. Full puka. Sol- full, full puka. And just eyeball the guy just the whole sure. I like time. That. I like that. Here, here's this is an actual thing we have proposed to do, and I want to put it out there for the super fans to, to maybe they should be the ones to complete this mission. Okay, some of these churches have the thing, and this just blows my mind to even say this out loud. Some of these churches have a thing where they beam the pastor into the church. Yes, he's not in the building. You can't the, just teach some second dude how to preach and send him out. That's madness. Okay. Madness. So you're basically going to church and watching TV. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he passed and not the good else. kind of TV with explosions. Okay. So what I have proposed that we do is to go in and have someone sit on a chair, a a, a guy who's on Skype. Yeah, so he's, he's home. He's at home. He's not there either, and he's watching it on <laughs> Skype. Just if you ain't got to show up to preach, I ain't got to show up to listen. This is when I, That's the sure. message. I think you do that. Take that and set that up at whatever church you go to, if you go to a church that, that features that, and then you videotape that experience for us. Uh, I think we give you the full package. I like it. Well, here's we give you the platinum package if sure. you do that. Here's what I'm guaranteeing. Is if you did that one week and tried to do it again the next week, the church would figure out some way for you to PayPal put money in that plate. Yes, they would. They would be wow. on that quick. You're, I know what you're saying. What it's involved in the PayPal package sleepover. Four, <laughs> four of us come to your house. Nope. Sleepover. And on that hand, I declare emergency what? off. That's a sharp move. Yeah. Sleepover time. You'll notice that I rarely <laughs> declare the emergency, but I did this time because I foresaw something like this happening. Yeah. I wouldn't be the one in charge of getting out of it. Get a whole bunch of horror movies, put them together. (laughs) Sleepover. Nope. 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 Brought my sleeping bag. Nope. (laughs) Sleepover. Still no. (laughs) No, absolutely not. I just love torturing Matt. Lynn's been pitching the sleepover idea for a couple of years now. Sleepover time. Here's here's what you get if you do support us. The, 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 our equivalent of the Platinum Package is Bridgebox. If you're a Bridgebox oh. subscriber, you get all the stuff we can offer. And here's what we promise. It's delivered digitally from a safe distance. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to get anywhere near Glenn. He didn't have to know your dress. It's just really better He didn't have way. to know where what color your house is. He just uploads the sermon. He doesn't even upload it. Glenn, right. Jed does that for him, That's and right. then we just beam it. He doesn't get to see your payment details right. or your street address or anything that would allow him to show up with, I'm assuming, the old school rolled up, right. tied with a piece of string, sleeping bag, yep. and yep. bindle. Yep. And say, s'mores, right? Right. Yeah. That can't it. happen if you sign up for Bridgebox. Absolutely. You'll get all the wisdom and the songs and the cool stuff, and you'll support the ministry. So Glenn will be so busy at the jailhouse and on the streets and churches, he won't have time to come to your house and find you for a sleepover. And that's a win. That is good for all of us. MissionUSA.com slash Bridgebox. All that for only $8 a month. We're going to move on to our first question. It came in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox. If you hang out with us all the way to the end, I'll give you some ways you can get in touch with Bring us. Bring my Star Wars PJs. Those are the original 1977 Star Wars PJs, and they're a bit snug. <laughs> it's sort of short. They don't cover the full belly. Yeah. It's just yeah. kind of hanging out. Yeah, yeah. All right. Anonymous writes into the Tumblr inbox and says, what does it mean to be anointed? Uh-huh. Glenn, why don't you start us off? Lord, it doesn't mean what you think it means. Uh, the, the, the literal term for uh, anointed means when you, uh, uh, put oil on someone's head. Yes. Uh, the idea behind that was that, uh, this is a way of, uh, of, uh, honoring, uh, people. This was a way of, uh, um, you know, physically taking care of them and stuff. Uh, 
anointed uh, then uh, in in biblical language took on sort of a prosaic meaning, a sort of a uh, symbolic meaning of uh, someone that is um, uh, important to God and someone who is uh, special and set aside for a special purpose. Uh, the uh, Christ actually means the anointed one. That's that's actually the the, the meaning behind that that term or that uh, uh, that title. Um, but here's how that is used. And the way that this word is used is to describe someone who is super good at talking. Ooh. Okay. Now, he's not super That's good. That's the most important thing you can be good at. Yeah, this is not someone who's super good at helping me figure out what's holding me back in my walk and, get, and how I get to the next level. No. He's, but he's a great talker. He's a great talker. He might be good at making me feel guilty and then taking that guilt off by smacking me on the forehead, for example. Right. Uh, he might be really good at making me feel awful about something, and then I come down forward, and I pray, and he puts his hand on me, and he prays, and then the awful feeling goes away. Right. And that's really anointed. Totally anointed. Apparently. Okay. Um, but the idea of, we use that term to describe someone who has some special ability related to uh, getting up and talking and saying some stuff in a fancy way. And a lot of people aspire to be that person. Here's the thing. That doesn't count for anything. Here's, here's, what, mm-hmm. here's what's important. Everyone, let's start here, everyone is saved the same. Everybody, everyone. is. No one's more saved than the other one. That's, there's not an extra strength saved. They're just saved. In fact, the Bible says that it's like one big body, like a human body, and every different part does a different thing, and it all works together to do some amazing stuff. So everyone's equal in that sense. Here's where there is a difference that would be meaningful that we want to take a look at. Is is there someone that has more experience than me of going out into the world and living out that calling? Because... Even if we're not called to the same thing, I might really learn a lot from that person. Sure. Is there a person who's out there that has more experience that that that, or maybe just has a certain uh, giftedness in a certain area, and they can talk about here's what we're doing in this uh, nursery ministry, here's what we're doing with this youth ministry, here's what we're doing with this uh, homeless outreach, here's what we're doing with the young singles in our church, or whatever the thing is. Uh, but this person's experience needs to be respected and valued. The work that they're doing needs to be understood and celebrated and appreciated and honored. And we need to uh, give that respect and learn from that person. Uh, the problem is those people don't get any respect. We never listen to them and they're never considered anointed. Uh, right. Because anointed people are people who talk real good. Yeah. Uh, those people also tend to not get a whole lot done. Uh, they also tend to really excite other people who are not getting a whole lot done about not getting a whole lot done. Again, it's about fear, guilt, whatever, and getting us wound up about those things and then taking those things off of us, and we think, wow, this guy is really amazing. But again, if you're looking for uh, uh, who to respect, who to look up to, who do we admire, it's not... Fancy preachers, it's not people who have an encyclopedic knowledge of the Bible. The devil already knows every word on every page. It's not people who have a cool-sounding calling at all. It's about people who have experience and knowledge and know-how that they can share with us about what they've done on whatever kind of calling and whatever kind of ministry they're on. That's absolutely a great place to start. And Let's go back to the kind of what the Bible says about anointing. And Lee, can you walk us through it actually is used differently or interpreted differently in the Old Testament and the New Testament, right? Yeah, so in the Old Testament, this was an actual ceremonial rite um, to anoint somebody. It was was basically, it was designating the person who was chosen to lead God's people as their king. It goes back to um, really uh, the, the the second psalm, Psalm 2, which is a messianic psalm it's a it's a psalm that is written you know about the the messiah who would come which 
what's interesting is anytime we use the word Messiah or Messianic, it's that's actually the Hebrew version of exactly what Glenn was saying. The word Christ is the Greek word that means to anoint someone's head with oil. Um, Christos is the, the one who, the anointed one, the one who has the oil on his head. The Hebrew version of that same word is the word um, to pour oil is mashak, is a Hebrew word mashak. And so the Mashiach is the one who has the oil on his head. This, uh, the second psalm is the, is the psalm about the king that God has chosen to forever rule over his people. It's referring to Jesus. And, uh, but, but God told uh, Samuel, uh, his prophet in the Old Testament, to pour oil on the head of Saul, the first king of Israel. And then when he fired Saul to pour oil on the head of this little teenage dude named David, that he was going to be the next king, denoting that that God's uh, you know that God has has removed his vote from Saul and has moved it over to David. Um, so in the Old Testament, this was an actual ceremonial rite to to lead. And so a lot of people have taken that kind of as a buzzword to mean that somebody who, like Glenn's saying, is somebody that is especially gifted or different or the one that we all need to follow because they're such an awesome leader or whatever. And usually, like he's saying, that it has to do with somebody that is real impressive on the mic. Um, the interesting thing is when you go into New Testament, Paul says that every single believer has, and, and, and we should say like in the Old Testament, you know, the, you know when, whenever it talks about oil and stuff like that, that's always kind of a reference to the Holy Spirit. Paul says every believer has the Holy Spirit. Amen. Right. Um, every believer has the Holy Spirit as a down payment of our eternal inheritance. This is God saying, you are saved. No one can ever take that away from you. I'm going to give you a down payment, which is the Holy Spirit comes to live in your heart to, to guarantee your place. That's, that's what the Holy Spirit is, is a guarantee that that you are in and that you are part of this family. Paul says every believer has the Holy Spirit. Paul says every believer is is holy in the sight of God. So we are all saints in that in in that, you know, New Testament kind of sense of that word. And he also says that every single believer has been given gifts. Uh, everything that I've just mentioned is is in the book of Ephesians by the way. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 4. But every single believer has been given some gift for some ministry. Like, like Glenn just said, exactly the same thing. They all have the same value because we're all part of a body. You know, so some, he says, some were given gifts of teaching, some of preaching, some of, some of serving, and they're all, they're all important. And Jesus is calling us all to different things. In Ephesians 2, he says that, that we're God's workmanship and that he has prepared things in advance for us to do, which is, it's, it's actually, it's a, it's a word, uh, the Greek word is, uh, if you look it up on the Bible Hub, when it says workmanship is the word poema. It's where we get the word poem. You're the poem that God is writing, which every poem is unique. Um, and so you're the unique thing that God is doing in the world. And you have a unique giftedness. You have a unique call upon your life. And the real question is not who is amazing and who is the one that we should all be following because they're so awesome on the mic, but what is the thing that God has specifically calling you toward, leading you toward, burdening you for, and gifting you for. Um, that's the thing that we want to find out. That's absolutely right. And Jed, why don't you talk to us a little bit more about that concept. If any proper understanding of the idea of anointing has to include the fact that you are anointed, not just leave it on the mic. Absolutely. Absolutely. God made you, just to pick up right where Lee left off, God made you with a plan and a purpose. God has work prepared in advance for you to do. That's Ephesians 2.10. Right. God has set you apart and called you and chosen you for a task. And that's awesome. Um, it's it's yeah. super, super cool. Um, so we want to, you know, really pour ourselves into figuring out what that is. You know, what, what has God, you know, called you to do and what is, what does God have for you in your life? It's, it's cool that there's a dude on the microphone that's impressive, but actually what God has for you is amazing. Um, and, and really cool and really awesome. And we'd love to help you figure out what that is. Um, so don't, don't be a stranger, whether it's to the podcast or blogs, write to us, uh, hollers. We'd love to talk to you because we do think you're amazing. Right, um, uh, right. we, and we do think that the calling God has for you is amazing and we'd love to help you sort that out and live into it. And just real quick to add, uh, on the end of that, uh, we've talked about the fact that what we do sounds impressive and it is impressive and all that good stuff. But the thing is we, when we hear about other people's ministries, it doesn't matter what it is. It's always impressive to us on some level. You know, sure. they're, they're, we're always learning from other people who are actively engaged in doing quality ministry. 
even if it's a totally different kind of mission field, they'll say something about, well, we're doing something with this over there, and it sparks a thought, and you think, you know, I bet we could use an element of that in what it is that we're doing. So that there's a respect there that goes across the board there, and there's a sense of uh, that we should respect other people who are engaged and have experience and know what they're talking about as a people who as opposed to people who might just kind of be new and kind of casting about and trying to figure it out oh, yeah, that's absolutely right I, I would take that to close on the idea of anointing of whether you are you know helping out with the youth group or teaching the the doing the puppets and the kids sunday school or going to people if you're doing ministry you're on the same plane as us sure that, we right. might be doing in a what the world considers more hardcore environment or we might have been doing it a little longer so we know more than you but if you're in the game you're in the game and you bet people who are in the game are all on the same team yep so when you come to us with uh, mission stuff don't ever feel like we're looking down on you or we're you know bored by it you got you got stuff to teach us, show us, to engage us with, and we want to hear from you. You bet. All right, so we have another uh, interview for you uh, this episode. Uh, these are two singer-songwriters. One is Jenny Owens. The other is Andrew Ooh. Greer, who Ooh. actually wrote a book about a little bit of what we're talking about here, not necessarily anointing, but they kind of took a look at the Old Testament, said, you know, we feel like a lot of people, and then we'll talk about this with the interview, a lot of people grew up with a weird understanding of the Old Testament that's used to kind of bash legalism into it, and they don't mm. really, either they don't, think it has anything to offer them, but they think it's all kind of, you know, angry God's going to stomp you out. So they kind of took a look at that from not like an academic um, professorial, you know, get really super getting into the Hebrew. But they looked at the stories of the Old Testament, what jumped out to them. So it's a really cool book. It's called Transcending Mysteries. And uh, we'll throw to that interview right now. Well, I guess the, uh, the logical place to start is to ask what, led to two very accomplished singer-songwriters writing a book about the Old Testament? Well, I think, it, you know, it first began with, I, it was very practical. I was having some conversations with Thomas Nelson, our publisher, about some ideas of different kinds of books, etc. And Jimmy had just uh, done a project with them, just contributed uh, to a project called The Power of Your Story. Uh, that's right, Jimmy. Yeah? Yeah. And they had said they had known we were good friends. We've known each other for over ten years now, and and wondered if we'd be willing to co-author a book. And uh, I said, "Well, I'd love to ask Jenny. I don't know if she'll say yes." <laughs> so we went for Mexican food, which always makes her say yes. Um, and so we had a great conversation about what the book could potentially be about, and and would we want to write? And been on both of our bucket lists uh, to write a book, and so I think there was some comfort initially and being able to charter those waters, which for me felt, and Jenny can opine on this, felt very, um, very intimidating, uh, translating our story from a three and a half minute song to 50,000 words. That was just a new frontier and one that, though we had both written uh, lots of editorials, so a thousand words here and there for a magazine or publication, never had had this kind of blank slate uh, to begin um, telling our story and then where to even start and what's even important to say what hasn't been said everything really has been said so we're you know saying things are derivatives of things that have influenced us etc so that was the beginning of us writing together and I think with oh go ahead no go right ahead I'm just going to say I think with uh, with the Old Testament uh, becoming uh, the focus we um you know, there, there were several, I think, important reasons why that happened. One was, as Andrew mentioned, conversations he was having with friends who, um, who maybe had, um, been really, you know, beaten up with the Old Testament, um, you know, maybe for lack of a better term, uh, when they were growing up and, and maybe hadn't been allowed to ask questions and actually discover the God who resided in those pages. Um, and and also for, for both of us, I think there was just a desire to understand this very large part of the Bible, and not that we could possibly, you know, uh, gain a, a complete understanding or even partial understanding of it just in, in one book, but, but to really sort of uh, search through and, and discover uh, not only who God was, but how He interacted with His people. And, and who they were. And, um, you know, it's sort of interesting. Uh, it's, I guess it kind of makes sense, but it was really interesting to me to begin to discover how, um, you know, people that lived 4,000 years ago 
uh, struggled with a lot of the same things that we struggle with today. Their lives were not all that different uh, in many ways. Well, and that, Denise, you know, said a lot, discover, and that was a huge thread was we felt like um, that many in many of our church backgrounds that God had been dictated to us. We had been told who he was, and we hadn't been allowed to discover who he was. And so, as Denny said, to go back to a portion of the of Scripture that, especially for younger generations, for collegiates, and for young adults, and, and people in our generation, that is a really intimidating and scary thing uh, to try to delve into who is God in a seemingly ununderstandable context. And, and, and that's what Denny is saying. We just discovered that by understanding his relationship with people in the Old Testament, we actually began to uncover uh, more of his relationship with us potentially today. So in that attempt to discover, you know, is to open up the mystery and to be comfortable with mystery and to allow the mystery to exist in our relationship with God. That's really an interesting way to look at it. You kind of mentioned throughout the book, and you just mentioned there, um, kind of a little bit of this, at least partially being born of knowing people who had kind of been raised in very legalistic um, Southern, I'm not going to say it, but it probably rhymes with Schmaptist um, backgrounds of just kind of... <laughs> what? That, I know. Who, who even, um, but, but it's an interesting... We're I, Catholic. Okay. <laughs> Two, true. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a very interesting thing to kind of combat legalism by going to the Old Testament, which is where, unfortunately, a lot of um, legalists tend to spend a lot of their time playing. So what was, as you talk about that journey of discovery, what was it like to go into the New Testament looking for grace and maybe not a way that people do? What did you find when you did that? I was surprised by how much grace I discovered in the Old Testament. Um, you know, I feel like it's always kind of, been mysterious to me. I've never really followed the Israelite journey uh, from, you know, Moses to, um, you know, to the end of, of kings to, to, I guess, Babylonian exile or, or captivity. And um, so for me, uh, you know, I always get stuck in learning numbers, you know, I'm like, oh gosh, this is too much. So to really go through and, and um study those stories and, and sort of maybe be enlightened somewhat by, by some other thoughts that, that I gather. And, and also to look, um, you know, through the lens of my own story to, to see those. I just, I was amazed at how patient God was over and over again with his people. Um, and um, I don't know, when you, when you really start to kind of dig in, I think it's, it's very, very obvious. Well, and patience, which I think, you know, births compassion, and to understand how compassionate it was, to understand what potentially we have uh, in our society and culture, we have uh, a somewhat definitive, though it's very um, undefined, uh, description, definition um, of love, and to understand love in its purest sense, maybe a purer sense, is really what I began to get the glimpse of, of God through the Old Testament. For someone to continue uh, for any created being or the creator to think about the supreme being, God, to actually continue to follow and, and, uh, and even in correction or whatever, but continue to just relate to his creation, that in and of itself is an indicator of really, um, unconditional love, though it seems like there's lots of conditions inside it. I don't, I don't think we even have begun to scratch the surface of what true love is, especially in our Western culture. I think we've actually diminished love to a great, to a great degree uh, based on what we feel we might want from a relationship rather than how we might want to give um, in a relationship. So I think there was a real discovery of relationship of what maybe what a truer sense of love and commitment and, and that, of course, both patience and compassion, et cetera. Uh, but also, you know, we just wanted to get on the playground with legalists. It, it's like, I mean, and we all have a little bit of legalism in us. So it's not like we can't identify. We all have our judgments, preconceived notions, um, uncomfortability with things that don't make sense with the grays. And so we're just like, well, you know, maybe we should stay in the sandbox. And in that, maybe there is conversation and dialogue to be had. And, and Denny and I expressed in the book, this book was not 
to be really topical as far as what are the hot topics of today's culture. Of course, our stories hit on some things that impact people today, and, and so there will be some relevancy there to those topics. But it's more who is God. At the end of the day, who is God? That's who I want to know, because that's how I know who I want to follow. And so I, I think we took away topics, and we took away the, the molehill of inerrancy. Uh, that wasn't the topic or the debate or even really the dialogue for this conversation. This conversation was about Scripture as the greatest revelation of who God is, so that one of the, the best sources we can go to to begin to discover who He is. That's why it's important to us. That's why it's important to our intellect. That's why it's important to our spirits and our hearts. And so everyone's invited to the table if we take away some of those, um, some of those debates that have a healthy place but don't always help us in discovering who God is. It's a really interesting point about kind of a topic that is normally ruled by kind of one group of people. And another way it seems like the book kind of um, takes that on is, you know, the topic of looking for Jesus in the Old Testament is, uh, can be a very academic look at it. I'm sure there are people have written this kind of book before, but it's more of a, a theology of it. The tone of the book is incredibly conversational to the point where it's, there is actual kind of dialogue between you guys. It's very story driven. What, was it important to you guys to approach it that way? Absolutely. Yeah. We, you know, we haven't been to seminary. We are songwriters um, and, and uh, don't claim to be scholars. Although I'd say Andrew, I'm smart. Andrew's pretty <laughs> scholarly. Um, no. So, but I, um, but I think it was very, very intense. And, and also, we know the old Testament is daunting. It is for us. So we wanted to make sure uh, that uh, we were conversational, uh, which is what we would be if we were talking about this to each other or to others, and we wanted to write that way. Um, and, you know, as, as Andrew mentioned earlier, because the point uh, was, was to discover uh, these things and discuss these things uh, openly together, um, we felt like the best way to do that would be through, you know, just honest conversation, even even sharing our own stories sometimes when it's a little uncomfortable to say, you know, here's here's how my story might parallel, you know, what what I'm gonna share with you in scripture. So, um, there was definitely uh very much uh, intentionality in that. And we discovered that um that criticism, whether negative or positive, we discovered it to be a negative criticism of the book that is interesting. I think there are people looking for... I'm I'm wondering if maybe there aren't as many resources as we would think there are from an academic perspective for discovering Jesus through God's character in the Old Testament, because there definitely have been academic people looking for that in this and have not found that. While I do think there's some astuteness in the book, I don't think Jane and I would put anything on paper for other people to read. Uh, without having some thoughtfulness and some deep thoughtfulness about it, uh, we have found that the bulk of people are not looking for intellectual-only conversations to persuade or affirm or for discovery and faith. That really comes through the human experience and the Old Testament, which can be dissected academically for the rest of anyone's life, what we found in, in, in discovering the story of God's people and God's interaction in that story throughout the Old Testament is that I, at least, discovered much more about God's character than I ever have uh, through some kind of um, intellectual, though I enjoy that, some kind of intellectual or strictly academic dissection of the Old Testament. That's great. Thank you guys so much for joining us. The book is Transcending Mysteries. Um, when we put the episode up, we'll, uh, you'll find links in the episode description. You can find these guys online at JennyOwens.com or at Andrew-Greer.com. Jenny Owens on Twitter, A Greer Music on Twitter. Guys, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thanks for having us. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that. It was a lot of fun to talk to Jenny and Andrew. Um, so the book is Transcending Mysteries. You can get that on Amazon. 
You can Google that. You can find them online at Jenny Owens or JennyOwens.com, at A Greer Music or Andrew-Greer.com, and we'll put those links in the episode description as well if you need to know how to spell that stuff. So we have a lot of fun with these artist interviews. Uh, I think I'm learning a lot. I think it's nice to get a different perspective. And if you have people who you think would be great for us to interview that maybe we don't know about it, authors or musicians or whatever, uh, drop us a line. Let us know. I can't promise we can get them, but... Um, we can send an email and see what happens. You betcha. All right. So uh, we wanted to kick around a question to pair with that interview and just we're going to give you some real quick stuff. I like the idea of, you know, people don't people just kind of skip over this part of the Bible because they don't I didn't understand or think it, it has much for them. And I think we there's a lot of those. So I wondered to ask the guys just what's something like that, that if you just could point someone and say, hey, maybe you just um, you skim over this and maybe just dig into it a little bit more. What would that be? And Lee, why don't you start us off? Well, I think that people, uh, I think that people read the section of the Bible that I'm talking about, but I do think I like to use the term skin skim over because I think that people kind of, you know, they, they, they just kind of, you know, put these things on their Instagram or something like that. But I would say one section of the Bible to really dig into would be the Psalms. Um, yep. because the Psalms is the songbook of God's people, but it's really, it really gives us a good picture for what the emotional life of a believer looks like. Yep. And how do you engage God honestly about the emotions that you have? There are songs about gratitude. There are songs about anger. There are songs where somebody feels that God is being unfair, where there are songs that people, where people are confused. And for whatever you're going through, whatever emotional thing you're feeling, there's a song in that, in that book for you. And it, and it would be a cool thing to really dig in and, and to, uh, to be honest about the things that you're feeling using this songbook that God has right there enshrined in his word. Absolutely. Jed, what about you? I would say, uh, pick her up on what Lee's saying, I think the book of Ecclesiastes is really worth giving a serious read. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The thing about, uh, particularly in America, is I think people can often get confused on where American culture stops and the Bible begins, and they have a way of just yeah. blending those two together. Christianity, actually, as is Judaism, is an Eastern religion. It's right. it's not a Western religion. It doesn't come from a Western cultural view of, of the world. And I think Ecclesiastes is a place in the Bible where you see that in very stark relief. Right, um, that's, right, that's very, you know, right. it'd be hard-pressed to find something in the Bible that is a more clear distillation of Eastern ideas about life than that book. Yeah. And, I, and I think if you're a Christian, particularly if you're a Western Christian, I think you owe it to yourself to read that book just for the very different picture of a life of faith that it paints. I think that's yeah. valuable. I think people skip over because it, it sounds dark, but I think it is a, a lack of bringing yourself to what's in there. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Glenn? Uh, for me, uh, uh, we mentioned a couple of times on the podcast, but uh, the, the thing I have enjoyed lately getting into a whole lot more is the original language of the New Testament and reading stuff in Greek. Uh, super, super, super encourage people to do that. I think uh, Greek should be taught to every Sunday school kid from, from the bottom up. Uh, it's been a great experience learning about that. And I think what's funny is I've told other people in sort of an inner circle, you know, this is something I'm doing and uh, getting more into to, uh, reading Greek and understanding Greek. And they all have a similar reaction of sort of a wincing. Ugh. Yeah, like, oh, I bet you find out that those in the original language, it's kind of a little bit less cool and a little more uptight. And so you have to kind of translate it in a cool way to get it to sound a little more cool and a little less uptight and a little less legalistical sounding. And the truth is exactly the reverse. (laughs) Uh, If you read it in its original language, it is way more deep, way, way more deep. And it's more uh, human and it's more accessible. It's more, uh, it paints a picture more. And uh, and it works away from a lot of legalistic type of interpretations and more soulful kind of stuff. So I, I think uh, definitely I would recommend that. That's great. The thing I would uh, kind of point people to that I think, much like kind of Lee started with, I think people have read this part, but they skim it and don't necessarily give it equal time, is the beginning of Paul's letters. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's a lot of it, you know, it's the same thing of Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the church at... Ephesus or Thessalonica or whatever, but especially if you're in ministry, the way he opens to those people, the way he kind of sets the stage of here's who I am and here's who you are and here's what I'm trying to, there's a lot of really cool kind of stuff we can pick up from in that. So that's something I would point people to. All right, so we're going to jump to our last question here. It came in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox and it says... 
How do you know if the desire to go to a foreign people group and do missionary work is because of God's calling, leading, and purpose, or if it's just my wanderlust and desire to look and sound spiritual and for a good profile picture? And that may be the most honest question in the history of this podcast. Kudos yes. to you, friend. Yes. Jed, why don't you start us off? Well, we're, we're delighted to hear from you. Thanks for writing in. I want to encourage you to do something to yourself, and that is I want to encourage you to be kind to yourself. Yeah. Uh, if, if there's one thing that I think more Christian young people really need to embrace, it's the idea of simple kindness towards you. Hmm. I have a close friend. He's someone I love dearly. He's an amazing person, and he uh, is a missionary to one of the poorest countries in the Western Hemisphere. Um, he's there all the time, uh, does amazing work. I talked to him a few months back about the work that he does there and, you know, what was it like to decide that he wanted to do that kind of work. And and he he was talking about praying through that process, and he described his prayer life as duplicitous and self-serving. <laughs> yes. Come on, dude. And I, I this is one of the sweetest people you'd ever meet in your entire life. Right. And an incredibly servant-hearted person. A, um, a harmless to a fault. Harmless to a fault. And a dude who's got a good reputable job with a major denomination where he can just be um, Big Daddy Woo Woo and tell people how it goes down and goes in his own time on his own dime to one of the poorest countries in the world to plant churches. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And this is a dude that's talking about how you know duplicitous and self-serving he is. Here's the thing. Yeah. We're all sinners. Come on. E right. Every single one of us. You, you have a sinful nature. I have a sinful nature. Glenn you, has two. Glenn has two. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. We, we all... We all have mixed motives for everything yeah. that we do. Right. Every, uh, and and here's, here's why that's really important. We can kind of just let that go. Right. Um, you do not need to adopt the worst possible view of yourself and your motives all the time and figure out maybe it has a point. Right. We, we know you're a sinner. You know you're a sinner. It's, a, it's okay. We, we know that you have jacked up motivations. Be kind. We get it. We get it. And God gets it. Be kind to yourself. Yeah. It's all right. It's all right. You do have some jacked up motivations. You also have some good motivations. Right. Some part of you says there are people that are lost and hurting in other lands, and Jesus would like me to do something about that, and I'd like to do something about that. I think God's pretty thrilled that you would feel that way. Whether he's specifically calling you to go do that work or not, there's a point in the Bible where somebody wants to do something, and God says, I don't have that for you to do, but it's good that you have it in your heart. Right. So even if God's answer to the specific thing that you're describing here is, well, that's not what I have for you, he still says it's cool that you've got it in your heart. It's cool that you would have a heart to do that. Right. All right. Answer your actual question. How do you know? You don't know until you ask. Right. If, if you want to know, ask. Go ask God. Uh, ask him through prayer. Seek his direction through his word. Ask uh, older Christians that you trust. And um, you can do that. You should do that. You should do all of that. You want to see all three of those things point you in the same direction, give you good, solid wisdom in the same direction. But now, um, I know you can do all of that, but now I'm going to tell you the part that I think you're going to struggle with. Uh, it sounds cliched, but you need to listen to your heart. Yeah. Um, uh, if if there's something inside of you... If Tom Petty has taught us nothing. It's listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. Dude, if there's something inside of you that says... There's a there's a land out there I'm meant to be in, and I'm meant to tell people about Jesus. I think you should listen to that. Yeah. And here's my question for you. What on earth could be wrong with that? Right. What, yeah. Dude, if you're spending your spare time listening to this podcast, and you're thinking about going into full-time foreign missionary service... Uh, I don't know what you have in your head about what kind of monster you are, but you are not that person. Right. Uh, <laughs> Amen. You, you, you just, you, you are not that person. If you've got that desire in your heart, start figuring out what to do with it. Maybe that begins with short-term missions. Maybe that begins with meeting people from other cultures right there where you live. Maybe that begins with, with studying foreign languages. But dude, if you've got that passion in your heart, try to follow it. God is happy to direct you. If you're going in the wrong direction and it's not, you're trying to go to Uzbekistan and he wants you in Tanzania, he will redirect you. He, right. he will get there. But if you've got a passion in your heart, if you've got a desire, start moving in that direction. Ask him. If you want to know, ask him. Listen for his response and start moving. You are a good dude or dudette. You wrote in anonymously, uh, but we love you. We believe in you. We don't yeah. believe the stuff that you're hating on yourself, and neither does the Lord. Right. Um, and if we want to get good discernment, part of that is letting go of that self-hatred, being kind to yourself, and letting God actually think highly of you. Right. I think that's fantastic stuff. I also think Jed may have just written some new uh, marketing copy for us. Listen to say that. It probably won't make you a monster. <laughs> it probably yeah, means pretty, you're not a monster. Sure there. 
So uh, I think that's a great point. Um, those are all good things you want to pray through. You don't read the word. You do want to talk to people in your life, yep. but you may not um, have any missionaries in your life, but find a missionary to talk to, right, Lee? Absolutely. Yeah. Just one quick point. I, I, find an actual minis- missionary who yep. has experience, not necessarily a foreign missionary, but there are plenty of domestic missionaries who have had experience in changing cultures in order to reach people. And find somebody who's done that over a long period of time. Uh, offer to buy them coffee, offer to buy them a hamburger, and sit down with them and say, I want you to tell me your story. Yeah. And when they're done telling your story, uh, their story, give them, and this is a thing that I think people are afraid to do, but give them permission to ask you any question they want to. And, uh, and just let them ask you questions, because they're going to come up with things that you've never thought of. Um, and uh, one of my favorite things is to listen to missionaries tell their stories. And it, sometimes they'll, they'll tell you things that are crazy, that things that you would never have, you never would have assumed that that would have been part of that mission field or that, or that assignment or whatever. And it is just a really, really cool thing to get some perspective of like, you know, and, and probably, probably as Jed's saying, what you're going to find is that it's just going to whet your appetite even more. Um, and so get somebody with some experience in changing cultures to actually do outreach and then uh, and talk to them about it. Ask them to tell their story and tell them to ask you questions. That's fantastic. Uh, Glenn, you're one of those people. What would you tell someone? Well, here's the thing. I love the I do love the line and I do love the honesty uh, about the good profile picture. Totally. Here's the thing about this. Um and, and I don't at all say this to discourage you. I, I want to encourage you as much as humanly possible towards missions because we have all the fun. Yep. Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, do not worry about this boosting your ego. <laughs> <laughs> because it won't. It not will really not. Danger. Okay, here's thing number one. The first thing will happen when you get onto any mission field, generally speaking, is your ego's crushed all the way down to a sad, sad little tiny peanut. In most cases, this even before you get there, you begin this process by going to everyone you know and asking them to give you money. Yes. yes. I mean, that's, you know, if you've got an ego left after that, for heaven's sake. I remember when, when I was uh, uh, in high school, we did a short-term missions trip to Mexico. And for, for you know, this is high school group, right? And we prayed for months about, oh, we're going to go down there. We're going to get them saved. We're going to get them sanctified and Holy Ghost filled. And we're going to do, it's going to be great. And these people don't know anything about Jesus. We're going to give them all sorts of Jesus. And it was a church plant that was down there missionary that we had down there and he had planted a church we get down there let me tell you what these people had more on fire for jesus in the tip end of their pinky than we had in our whole body yep they knew their bible backwards and forwards they, i've never seen before or since any group more uh organized with that little uh conflict ever i mean in the sweetest i mean no kidding the sweetest people you ever met in your life we got there all those high schoolers got there it took us about 15 minutes to realize we have nothing to offer (laughs) nothing (laughs) nothing And the ego is crushed. Yep. You see what I'm saying? There's no ego left in that. We, are, we are, it's, It was an embarrassing thought that we thought we could add something to this. But when, when I got there, here, uh, there's a guy in the church, where, in the church plant, Sancho. Remember the guy's name to this day? And, and it was clear by the body language of all the people in the church, they weren't sure Sancho was, uh, they weren't sure he was saved. Sure. And if he was saved... They weren't sure he was well-behaved enough to be behaved in such a way that you would think he was saved. Like, maybe he was saved, but let's dunk him again to make sure it really takes, because (laughs) Sancho was just kind of an out-there kind of dude. Well, here's the thing. I recognize... This is my brother. Yeah. Because I I was that guy in, in, in our youth group. And so I said, if I become buddies with this guy... And then we hang out and we're cool with each other. Then he feels like he's got room at the foot of the cross for being the way he is. And maybe uh, uh, maybe we'll be accepted as a group, you know, so everyone can bond with each other over. Yeah, those those, you know, 
and and it worked great, you know. But that's the thing is the, the first thing that your ego is it happens is your ego is crushed. The second thing is you recognize there is an unbelievable. This is a negative thing to say, but we got to get it out there. There is an unbelievable, unbelievable amount of insecurity in the church about what they're not doing. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're doing something, you are tweaking people's insecurities out like crazy just being in the room. And those people are not happy to see you coming. They are. They might click like on whatever you put on that Facebook page, but it makes them feel like dirt to hear about whatever awesome ministry things going on with you because it makes them feel insecure. That's an uncool thing, and it's not. But you know, it's 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 a terrible thing. But here's what I'm saying: it's not going to feed your ego. No, those people no, are right. not going to build you up. Not not by any means. Now, what's amazing is you'll experience ministry on that mission field unlike anywhere else which would boost your ego if you had any because all those people will love you and lift you up and whatever but you don't have any ego left so it doesn't matter you know it's all it's all over with now um but i i'm gonna i'm gonna end uh uh on the same point that jed was talking about follow your heart get out there and let god lead you in that you know he will he will meet you in that moment he will he will put you in the right direction don't worry about your ego sweetie it it, it will it, it will get sorted out by the yeah. process i think you're absolutely right i would also point to um uh jed's one of Jed, comments Jed made of if you're worried that uh this is going to be too fun and you're going to think it's um, a little too easy and make you feel too good about yourself just wait for the fundraising process that'll yeah. take care of it that's uh that's not a joke either that's no. actually the number of people who think missions would be cool, think this trip, whatever, and then it comes down to, well, that all sounds great. Now it's time to raise the money for it, and they go, oh, I'm not doing that. Right. That's really, that is, a, there's a big shake out there. And also, um, as to go back to the mixed motives things, none of these things you're mentioning are necessarily bad motives. They're only bad if they're your only motive. Yeah. You know, I took this job yeah. three or four years ago at this point. Part of the appeal was, I think living in Chicago would be fun. Guess what? Living in Chicago has been fun. Sure. Yeah. For like those three months a year that it's not an inhabitable tundra, it's really cool. Right. Um, you say, I say, I, I kind of get a job I don't like, and you know, it's a breakup, whatever. So it might be good to kind of get some space and start over a new place. It was fun to get some space and start over a new place. Yeah, but none of those were the primary motivation because I go back to this. You'll hear missionaries talk about this a lot. None of that would have been motivation enough to go to everyone I've ever met and beg them for money so I could do it. Yeah, right, right. But those are perfectly fine little motivation say oh that'd be sure. fun you know sure. i've taken some lovely instagram pictures of chicago landmarks it's not right. negative it's not it's not the reason i'm doing it but so to monster. Go, yeah I'm, I'm i mean i'm history's <laughs> greatest monster of course <laughs> but that's for other reasons but so you look at this and say well it'd be fun so clearly it's not real spiritual if it's gonna be fun Missions is fun. Yeah, it is. And yeah. really, if they do it right, and Lee, can, Lee would tell you this, church ministry is fun. Youth yeah. ministry is fun. It's not fun all the time. It's not only fun. Preach. But we wouldn't do it if it was just soul-crushing drudgery all the time. That's not Absolutely. what service is about. So also, you get it piece by piece. If you look at them and say, well, this seems neat. I'm going to talk to a missionary. I talked to the missionary, like I said, that's his need. I'm going to go to an informational meeting with the missions organization. And step by step, if it keeps seeming like something you want to do, take the next step. Yep. And if you find yourself um, having gotten placed and raising all your funds on a plane, it's safe to assume that um, for, for at least some amount of time, this is where the Lord has you yep. because that's a lot of variables to line up. Yeah, no doubt. This idea dude. of I'm just going to decide maybe we need to go to Tanzania today and be there tomorrow without him praying it through. That's not going to happen. Yeah, right. There's a whole lot of machinery to make sure that doesn't happen. Okay. So if you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com, the bridge, Chicago.tumble.com. Once again, we want to thank uh, Jenny Owens and Andrew Greer for joining us. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Lynn mentioned the, uh, the Greek, the exegeting, if you will. I think a lot of people are not particularly sure where to start with that. Not sure uh, what kind of cool things you're going to find. Luckily for you, the pool house guru did a hip hop exegesis Ooh. in our latest bridge box issue. This is a song he titled like a house. So this is hip hop beat. Just wrapping over it, but it is the hook is the Greek word. 
The verses are the explanation of that. It's the coolest thing. And when you listen to this, like the rest of us, you'll be angry that no one else in Christianity is doing anything this cool. But Pool House Guru is. He's doing it for Bridgebox, so it's like a house. We're going to take it out with that. Thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. To say that podcast, we always have our alibis in order. Nice. Build the basement with his love to the roof with his love. Build the doors with his love like a house. Build you up. Talk it or go to mayo. Or go to mayo. Talk it or go to mayo. Or go to mayo. I'm an architect. Talking 900 Michigan. Ain't got nothing on the crib to me familiar. Living in love. Yeah, that I'm all make a home. Now, yeah, I ain't talking money, but it's money how we love. Use a house. But you know it's time to renovate Just call me the makeover Cause I make you something great I build you up I build you sky rise high If you and my crew you family So you know I make you shine Build the basement with his love To the roof with his love Build the doors with his love Like a house build you up Talk it or go to mayo Or go to mayo Talk it or go to mayo Or go to mayo I'm Donald Trump yeah, I'm ready to invest Spending all of it on you Because I spend it on the best I'm talking truth Yeah, I'm talking your identity I'm talking about Jesus Love you like he loving me I got a contract, son Build you Hancock building high Because my God, he want that penthouse When he talking about your life He called me up He told me, get that dude straight Help him get how much I love him Like a chain I'll never break Fill the basement with his love To the roof with his love Build the doors with his love Like a house build you up Talk it or go to mayo Or go to mayo Talk it or go to mayo Or go to mayo I'm Bobby Knight Yeah, I'm the Don Shula Don Jesus put us on a team So now I gotta get it done Build you up Get Rocky ready for the fight Yeah, I know Apollo big, but son, I'm Mickey, we alright I bring that top shelf, build you up, encouragement for Tom Ain't nobody gonna build you up the way I get it done I got the love, the kind of hopes, everything So I beseech and treat, exhort you to be who you really be Build the basement with his love, to the roof with his love Build the doors with his love, like a house, build you up Talk it or go to Mayo, or go to Mayo Talk it or we go to Mayo, or we go to Mayo. Build the basement with his love, to the roof with his love. Build the doors with his love, like a house, build you up. Talk it, or we go to Mayo, or we go to Mayo. Talk it, or we go to Mayo, or we go to Mayo. Or we go to Mayo, or we go to Mayo. Talk it, or we go to Mayo, or we go to Mayo. Or we go to Mayo, or we go to Mayo. Talk it, or we go to Mayo, or we go to With his love, like a house, build you up, like a house, build you up, like a house, build you up.